0: Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C O R R Y J O L, and also read my regular CBS Sports.com column, Agents Take, on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Uh, this time, we're going to take a look at the roster cutdown process and other important salary cap contract events leading up to the start of the regular season. Now, preseason games are wrapping up today. Final preseason game is Lions versus the Steelers. By Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, all teams must cut the rosters down to 53 players. Um, You had an 80-man roster limit heading into this week's preseason games. And some teams already started cutting players, um, but have to be down to 53 by Tuesday, 4 p.m. And by that, when you're reducing to 53 players, if you have guys on active PUP, physical and to perform list, or active non-football injury or illness list, you got a couple options with them. You put them on reserve PUP, reserve NFI, You request waivers or terminate the contract depending upon which one is applicable. Uh, Trade the contract or continue to count the player on the active list. Now, for a guy like uh, Shaquille Leonard, who's on PUP, uh, the Colts may decide they're going to carry him on the 53-man roster because if you put somebody on PUP... Take them from PUP, active PUP, which Leonard's on. You put him on a reserve PUP. Then you're out a minimum of four games because that's the first, that's the earliest you can come back is four games. Um, so if they thought that Leonard would be able to play before then, they just carry him on the roster and go from there. Now, the following day, August 31st. Wednesday, the uh, claiming period expires at noon Eastern time. It's normally a 24-hour claiming period, but it expires at noon Eastern time. Now, at that time, you can establish a 16-player practice squad. Now, you can sign players to practice squad. You're going to have practice squad agreements in place beforehand. That's just how the process is going to work. When teams release players, they'll tell... Yeah, if he clears waivers, if someone who's um, subject to waivers, and if you have less than, you have to have four or more credited seasons for pension benefit purposes not to be subject to waivers at this time of the year. And if you have, you hit that mark, then your contract's terminated. You can immediately sign someplace else. Now, if you don't have the four more credited seasons, you're subject to waivers. And every other team... Has a right to pick up your contract. Now, claiming order, if there are multiple waiver claims made, priority goes to its inverse order of record from the previous season. So that is the NFL draft order, is it originally was intended, minus trades. So that means the Jacksonville Jaguars would have priority for every player they wanted, Detroit Lions would our second priority for every player. Um, so if the Jaguars didn't want a guy, it automatically goes to the Lions if they claim him. So, you'll see that happen for guys. Some some guys who teams went on a practice squad might get claimed. So that would take them out of the way. But teams will be talking about practice squads now. In addition to that, on the 31st, beginning at 4 p.m. Eastern time, any player that's placed on injured reserve or reserve NFI at this time. Is eligible to be designated for return. Now, if you go on IR at the cutdown, you're not coming back, you're done for the year. Go on NFI at the cutdown, you're not uh, eligible to be designated for return. Now, the rules for designated return have changed this year. Uh, last year, because of COVID, and the year before, there were really relaxed rules that anybody could come back from IR after three weeks. This year, it is, yeah, eight players can be designated for return. And out of these eight players, the the guys are out four regular season, can't return until after four regular season games, four regular season weeks, or four regular season games, I should say, or four post-season weeks. There are no buys during the first four weeks of the season. So... If you go on on August 31st, you also play Week Five. But once the bye weeks start coming, then it is four games. So you could be out five weeks, four games. Postseason is four regular season four is four weeks, four postseason weeks, not games weeks. So you could have you could be the team who had home field advantage in whatever conference not play that counts as a week. So back to the practice squad. Practice squad, same thing in the 31st. 16 players. Practice squad this year. It was supposed to be 14 in the collective bargaining agreement. They amended it back in May to 16. Up to 10 of the players can have uh, unlimited accrued seasons. It used to be more. Used to be stricter rules pre-pandemic COVID uh, that there are only a handful of players. I think it was four that could have unlimited. Um, accrued seasons be on the practice squad. Practice squad salaries had been set at a specific amount up until this year. Prior to this, CBA ratified in 2020 practice squad salaries negotiable. So you'd have a guy like Nate Sudfeld when he got released by the Eagles and he was on their practice squad. He was making his league minimum base salary um, on the practice squad can't do that anymore now for the guys who don't have unlimited accrued seasons and that's user service for free agency you're making eleven five a week on the practice squad including pre-off weeks now for the guys who have unlimited accrued seasons there's a minimum and maximum minimum is 15400 a week maximum is 19900 a week so if you're not one of these um Unlimited accrued season guys, if you're on a practice squad the whole year, you're gonna make two hundred seven thousand dollars. If you're at the minimum amount as one of the uh, accrued season unlimited accrued season guys, you're on a practice squad the whole year, you're making two hundred fifty nine thousand two hundred dollars for the regular season, for a maximum of three hundred fifty eight thousand two hundred dollars for the whole season. So once we get to uh, when the regular season start to approach. Uh, first regular season game, Rams Bills, September 8th. Salary cap accounting changes when we get to that point. By 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, September 7th, teams have to be in a position where everything under the salary cap counts. So, guys in IR, PUP, NFI, your practice squad, Everything counts. It has been top 51 salaries have been, have been what counts under the cap right now during the offseason from the time the league year started on March 16th to that date. Yeah, so I say 4 p.m. because that's when all transactions close for the day because at midnight Eastern time, September 8th, the day of the first regular season game, that's when top 51 accounting expires. So really you got to be have your ducks in a row um, by 4 p.m., Eastern time on September 7th. Now, we saw this week the Buffalo Bills created cap space. Because when you go from top 51 to everything counting, it's been in the past anywhere from about a $3.5 million to $5.5 million shift in cap room. It can be that much. It can be somewhere in that range. just... Ballparking it. The Bills had about 5.22 million in cap space according to the NFLPA data. So they restructured, and, and they're going to have to do something. They restructured Deion Dawkins' contract. So they created $5.676 million of cap space by turning million million into signing bonus, added to Years for prorations, they can stretch out the proration more to get more cap space. So that's that puts them over over $10, $10 million of cap space for now. If you have your full complement of 16 um, practice squad players for the year, that alone is going to take up, depending upon which guys you have on the practice squad, it, which salary level, it's going to take up a good $4 million probably. So right there... If you're a team that's pressed up against the cap right now, you're probably going to have to uh, restructure a contract or two, and you see that happen every year around this time. And teams which uh, are probably going to have to do that, um, the Jets have about 5.1 million of cap space, the Giants at about 4.95, the uh, 49ers a little over three million. So they're the ones that are probably, if you see a contract restructured by players on one of these three teams, you'll know why. It's because they're trying to get to a point where they can be compliant with the cap, have some sort of a cushion going into the regular season. Midnight, September 8th, Thursday, September 8th. Midnight, that's when everything counts, not just top 51 So, you're going to see teams lose cap room compared to what they have right now. Let's talk about the big elephant in the room in terms of guys who probably aren't going to be where they they are right now. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, if Jimmy Garoppolo had not had to have surgery on his throwing shoulder, would have been traded a long time ago. But uh, um, surgery on his throwing shoulder, just kind of derail San Francisco's opportunities to trade him. Now, San Francisco is saying all options, they're keeping all their options open with Garoppolo. They they have clearly moved on to Trey Lance, who they uh, moved up to the third pick in the 2020 draft to take him. It, it always seemed like when they made that move, Jimmy Garoppolo would not be around in 2022, but um, he's Past physical, beginning of training camp because of the shoulder, hadn't been practicing with the team, not even on the depth chart. They're they've been the 49ers have had have not had a lot of trade interest in him. They gave his um, agent Don Yee permission to shop for trade. Nothing's come to fruition, and the big reason is Garoppolo's salary. He's scheduled to make 25.6 million in 2022, 24.2 million of that is a base salary. Um, there's a $600,000 workout bonus, and there's $800,000 in per-game roster bonuses. $50,000 per game earned for each of the first 16 games active. The $7.5 million injury guarantee no longer is applicable because he passed physical. So right now he's got a $26.95 million cap hit for the 49ers. They can say all they want. Oh, we could carry him into the year. If you've got $3 million of cap space... You know you're getting the practice squad is going to take up more than that. And you also know that just from the sheer change from the top 51 to everybody counting, that math doesn't add up. Does Garoppolo get cut? It's roster cut down? Uh, maybe not. Because uh, now that he's healthy, the most logical place for him to go would be in the division to the uh, Seattle Seahawks, who named Geno Smith their starter over Drew Locke. And if you ranked quarterback situations starter backup together, you'd be hard-pressed not to put the 40, put the uh, Seahawks as having the worst starter backup combo in the league. So, Garoppolo would be a huge upgrade for the uh, Seahawks. Now, nobody was going to take on Jimmy Garoppolo's full salary. Because um, if you had to acquire him, you need twenty five million dollars of cap space nobody's going to do that. The browns couldn 't get the Panthers or anybody else to take on all eighteen point eight five eight million of Baker mayfield's salary so we 're talking more than that that 's not going to happen now, even if you even if there was someone who desperately wanted Garoppolo and all the quarterback seats are filled. So the timing doesn't work for Garoppolo. Maybe if um, he'd been healthy and cleared before Baker Mayfield was traded, he's in Carolina. But there's only one team that that could fit Garoppolo's full salary under the cap right now, and that's Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson is suspended for the first 11 games of the season for violating the personal conduct policy. So, they're going to go with Jacoby Brissett. Had he been suspended for the whole year, maybe Garoppolo would make more sense. If he's cut, maybe they'll take another look at it. Um, But Seattle makes the most sense. Seattle, if you go by NFLPA data, has about sixteen five of cap space. They couldn't fit in this whole salary. So, let's say, first, first the 49ers would be very reluctant to trade them within a division. That typically doesn't happen where you trade a quarterback, your starting quarterback, within the division. Um, It happened with Donovan McNabb when he went to the uh, commanders from the uh, Eagles in 2010. And in 2002, after uh, Drew Bledsoe lost his job to a young Tom Brady went injured, and they went on to win the Super Bowl during the 2001 season with Brady. He was traded to the Bills for 2003 first-round pick. But typically, you don't trade your quarterback from the division, so I don't see that happening. Um, even if you could, even if San Francisco was going to eat a significant portion of Garoppolo's salary to make it to uh, make the trade. Now, why wouldn't they just cut him outright at the roster cutdown? Well, one, you don't have to be under the cap until uh, not not I shouldn't say under the cap. The cap accounting doesn't change until um, midnight, Eastern time, September 8th. So they got a little more leeway um, for one. And two, their week two opponent is the Seahawks. So if Garoppolo is going to go there, which is makes the most sense, and that's what a lot of people are speculating, you want to give him as little time as possible. To get acclimated to uh, that playbook. To be ready for the week 2 contest. So they're going to hold on to him a little longer than necessary. They don't have to do it on the 30th. They could hold on to him as long as September 10th. But then they'd have to have $25 million salary cap space earmarked for him initially. Um, and then cut him on September 10th. The reason why September 10th is significant is as a what's called a vested vet. If you have three or more years of service or should say credited seasons, and actually it's four for these purposes, then your paragraph five salary becomes fully guaranteed if you are on the fifth amendment roster for the first regular season game if you're released, and that's through termination pay. So if they, if he's on the roster first game, and that'd be transactions closed 4 p.m. Eastern time, September 10th, they don't cut him by then, and then subsequently cut him. Uh, if they cut him after week one, they'd have to pay him um, basically $1 000, $344,444. Then he'd get the balance of the $24.2 as termination pay after the season. And then he could go make whatever else he did, whatever else he signed for. The other team, he'd be able to double dip. So, even if they cut him, even if they held on to him up until the 10th, um, they would still have to... Uh, Pay him for the week, because if you are on a team's roster after Tuesday, then you get paid for the week. So that same $1,344,444, that's pay Garoppolo. So to make a long story short, I don't see Garoppolo on this team, notwithstanding what they're saying, that all options are open, that they could keep him around. I don't see him on this team, if you look at their cap situation, after September 10th at the latest could be cut as early as Tuesday the 30th. I don't know if they'd want to go until the switch and cap accounting and have him carry him or would they want to not they want to cut him the following Monday or Tuesday because it's the day after Labor Day so if they cut him on the 6th before 4 p.m. they have to pay him. If he's on that roster Wednesday, they have to pay him. So maybe they cut him before then, so they don't have to pay any of it. And that gives him um, part of a work week. And then get ready for game two. I don't know if he'd start that game, but clearly an upgrade over Geno Smith. Um, I know people said they could carry that, but it just doesn't seem feasible. With $3 million of cap space right now and about $4 which will go into... The practice squad, the math just doesn't add up. So I think this whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing, with him being released, because teams circle like a vulture when they know a guy's going to get released. They're not going to give anything up for him unless some team really, really wants him. Conventional wisdom thought that was going to be the case with um, Amari Cooper and his huge salary of 20 million for this year. That nobody was going to trade for him, but ultimately the Cowboys are able to get. Um, Draft pick out of the uh, Cleveland Browns from the take on the remaining three years. It's $60 million. But odds are Jimmy Garoppolo is cut um, by September 10th. And everyone expects him to go to the Seahawks um, at that point in time. Um, How much he's going to make on his next contract for the rest of the year, I don't know. Um, It's not coming in a great deal from a great position. Uh, I doubt he gets to half that amount. Maybe he gets to a third of the amount and you have a backside with incentives where you're going to have to, given that he played so much last year, you're going to have to tie the individual incentives to a team qualifier to make him not likely to be earned. But um, that's what I expect of Jimmy Garoppolo. No longer a San Francisco 49er by the time the regular season starts. For all teams except the Rams and the Bills, whose first game is on September 8th, everybody else starts the regular season on Sunday, September 11th. Okay, now let's uh, turn our attention to guys who could be on the roster bubble, more prominent guys, or potential trade candidates uh, with the cutdown down uh, date approaching for Tuesday. First, let's mention a couple of guys who won't be traded. Rokon Smith is not going anywhere, although he and the Bears could not reach a agreement on a new contract, and he requested a trade. Bears aren't trading him. He's the best defensive player. He's going to play out the $9.735 uh, dollar fifth fifth-year option. Um, Mike Gusecki has not performed well in training camp. He's playing on a $10.931 million franchise tag. Would be surprised if he's traded. Uh, Kareem Hunt is in the last year of his contract, has wanted a new deal or to be traded. Browns are really going to be a run-oriented team with Deshaun Watson gone the first 11 games. He and Nick Chubb arguably formed the best running back tandem in the NFL. He's not going to be traded. Now, with Kareem Hunt, one thing I've never understood is why you would have signed there in the first place when you were an RFA a couple of years ago, signed a two-year extension. Nick Chubb, was, in, um, uh, Nick Chubb had, was just coming off of a season in 2019 when he was second in the NFL in rushing. So he had established himself as the guy. Yeah, you want to run rushing title your rookie year, but I know you're from the Cleveland area, but why in the world would you ever... Not play out your $3.259 million RFA tender and do the extension. Now Chubb is on a deal averaging, I think, 12-2 a year. Three-year extension. He's going into the first year of the extension. The good thing is you don't have a lot of wear and tear on your body relative to what it would have been had things worked out in Cleveland and you hadn't had the personal conduct policy suspension and they ended up cutting you because you've been basically... A relief back. (laughs) So, if you want to make money, it ain't going to be in Cleveland. Your best bet to make money is outside of Cleveland. Now, that being said, uh, first I want to turn attention to a guy that Giants fans probably want gone in the worst way. And it raised little eyebrows to see Kenny Galladay playing in today's preseason game against the Jets. Uh, Brian Dayball said that all the healthy receivers available played, but... Not happening anything Galladay. had a miserable year last year as of practically every giant on offense uh but he signed a four year seventy two million dollar contract in free agency he's got a twenty one point one five million dollar cap number right now four point five million uh he's got a four point five million dollar fifth day I and mean the third uh, i think fifth day of the twenty twenty three league year roster bonus. It became fully guaranteed on the third day of the 2022 league year. This past March 18th. Guarantees in future years, if you cut somebody, accelerate into the current year. His salary for this year is guaranteed. So that would add $4.5 million to his cap charge. So there'd be $25.65 million in dead money. He ain't going anywhere. Nobody's going to trade for him anyway. He's stuck. Let's go to one more guy who is probably stuck even if, even though his team might want to get rid of him. And that is Deion Jones. Um, Deion Jones has been on the trading block. Falcons restructured his contract a couple of times since he signed it in 2019, which makes it impossible for them to trade him. He had just came off PUP last week, had shoulder surgery in the offseason. He's not going anywhere. He's he's now, unless something changes, a backup to Michael Walker and Rashad Evans. So he's a very expensive backup linebacker, making just over $14.7 million this year. Base salary is fully guaranteed. They're not going to cut him. $9.64 million, fully guaranteed, not going anywhere, not cutting him. His fifth-day league year roster bonus, $4 million,'s already been paid. If you... Wanted to uh, trade him. You're probably going to have to eat a significant portion of that 9.64 million just to get someone to take him in a trade. I don't see him getting traded. Next year he would be gone most likely because you're not going to have a backup linebacker making basically 13.1 million. And when he did get rid of him you're going to have $5.34 million of dead money. But Deion Jones, at least for now, maybe towards the trading deadline, something could change. So we'll start the regular season with the Atlanta Falcons. Let's um, turn to a couple of first-round picks. Uh, Eagles have two. Andre Dillard was supposed to be the heir apparent to Jason Peters, the left tackle, last year. Got beat up by... Seventh-round pick from 2018 Jordan Malata. They signed Malata to an extension early in the regular season for $16 million per year. They didn't pick up Dillard's fifth-year option. He's the third tackle for the Eagles. You got Lane Johnson, who's been on the right side since, I think, 2013. mulata's the left tackle. He's got a $3.944 million Uh, Cap hit, salary is fully guaranteed is $2.182 It's going to have to be a significant offer for the Eagles to give up the depth on the offensive line. They already have a line injury with Jason Kelsey out. So they will probably have to have a significant um, offer. Now, Jalen Rieger is probably the fifth receiver. The 2020 first-round pick, taking 21st in the draft, and the sore spot for the Eagles is Justin Jefferson went 22nd. Taking Justin Jefferson 21st, you don't have to trade for A.J. Brown and pay him $25 million a year. But that being said, um, Rieger, fully guaranteed base salary this year of $1,816,476. Cap hit of just over 3626000 million, you're not going to release him for one reason. When you release somebody, as I said earlier, salary guarantees from future years accelerate into the current year. So he's got a fully guaranteed $2,419,639 2023 base salary. So you would add that to his cap hit this year. So his cap hit would go to basically $6,045,700. $6, 045, Not happening. But you can trade him, and it would basically be a late-round pick trade. The Eagles have been active in the preseason trading market this year already. Uh, they've gotten rid of uh, the experiment they had at a tight end sending J.J. Orsega Whiteside they moved him from wide receiver to tight end. And they traded him to the uh, Seahawks. Uh straight-up uh, trade for Ugo uh, Amadi. And then turned around and, and traded him to the Titans on the 24th. So, that's a unusual thing to see a guy traded twice in the span of 10 days. But... Eagles may not be done trading if they can help it. Denzel Mims, 2020 second round pick from the Jets, has requested a trade. Robert Saul, the head coach, said if it's up to him, he's not going anywhere. It could just be try to get uh, better trade value, but they've got more than enough receivers. Among them, Corey Davis. They drafted Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Braxton Barrios. He's the fifth receiver best. So we'll see if. Uh, he, he's around or not. <laughs> uh, but seven catches, 102, 102 yards, one touchdown. Uh, preseason uh, finale. <laughs> nice showcase game. It's got a cap hit of $1,490,472. Cash of a little over $1.1 million. um Under contract in 2023 for $1.35 million. So the affordable wide receiver. Um, if you're looking for one. Another wide receiver could be on the way out. Won't be Kenny Galladay, but Darius Slayton. Uh, Gall- Galladay's there. They've got uh, Kadarius Toney that they drafted in the first round last year, Sterling Shepard, took a pay- massive pay cut. He's now healthy. Uh, Wendell Robinson. So Slayton, expendable, potentially. $2.54 million dollar uh Cash he's making this year's cap number is a little over 2-6, so if they can get rid of that contract, given their cap situation, and kind of uh, pressed up against the cap, that'd be great for them. The Patriots potentially are looking to get, a, get rid of a wide receiver, and that was before Tyquan Thornton broke his collarbone um, last preseason game. So that means Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne probably aren't going anywhere. Um, Isaiah Wynn. He's been rumored to be on the trading block. He's got a fully guaranteed $10.413 million fifth-year option. Uh, Tyron Smith is out until December at the earliest with the Cowboys. think about how much the Patriots will be willing to eat of that salary, he may make sense for the Cowboys. Now let's look at a uh, quarterback uh, who could potentially be on the trading block. Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mason Rudolph said that he didn't get a fair shake in his mind to be the starting quarterback with Pittsburgh. Well, you were never going to get a fair shake because if you looked at it objectively, they signed Mitchell Trubisky to be the stopgap guy. They When they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round with the 20th pick, you were never going to be a serious consideration to be a starter. It's basically, can you beat out Kenny Pickett to be the backup quarterback, which you haven't. You are the third quarterback. So you got a $3 million um, salary this year. Actually, Mason Rudolph, uh, if they traded him to uh, Seattle before the season, before the preseason started, before the uh, training camp started, he could have been in a mix, and it could have been a three-way competition let the best man win there. He would have a better shot at winning a Seattle job than the one in Pittsburgh. But for a team looking to upgrade his backup quarterback since he's now a third quarterback in a contract year, Got a four million dollar uh, four million dollar four 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 million forty eight thousand two hundred six six two hundred six dollar cap hit. May make sense. Now, guy that would potentially be a candidate to be cut, but for his contract, Cleveland Farrell with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. 2019, fourth overall pick. Raiders expected him to be cornerstone edge rusher on this team well they didn't find a cornerstone edge rusher in that draft just not him max crosby fourth round pick signed a 23.5 million dollar extension in the offseason farrell was the third in last year yannick and who was traded to the colts was on the other side now they brought in chandler jones as a free agent um, farrell Got his first action against the Patriots in the final preseason game. Played about 14 snaps. Had an undisclosed injury. Makes no sense to get rid of him from a cap standpoint. His cap number is astronomical for a third end. It's $9,986,407. You get no cap relief by cutting him. He's got a fully guaranteed $4,771,476 salary. I take that back. You would get nine hundred sixty-five thousand dollars in cap relief because presumably, if you cut him, he clears. He's going to clear waivers. No, he's picking up that contract. He's going to sign for league minimum somewhere, and you get to offset that because the guarantee has an offset. So, yeah, you get nominal cap relief. But if you want a million dollars in cap relief, you cut him. Nobody's going to trade for him. But I expect him to be uh, with the Raiders. Um, Chiefs have a couple of guys that may be on the way out. Ronald Jones, uh, the year that the, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, for most of the regular season, was the primary ball carrier ahead of Leonard Fournette. He got hurt. Fournette turned into playoff Lenny. They were splitting time coming into last year. Uh, Jones got in a doghouse early in the year with um, fumbles. He Became Fournette's job. Jones signs for a one-year deal for $1.5 million. Max is, up, Max is at $5 million with incentives. He's way down the depth chart in Kansas City. Had a $250 signing bonus, $500,000 uh, base salary guarantee, so there'd be $750,000 in dead money to release him. His league minimum is 965. So. It'd only be 2 dead money if he played the whole year because they'd get to offset that. Josh Gordon, um, even though Kansas City has a revamped receiving core with Tyreek Hill being traded to the Dolphins, it's not looking good for Josh Gordon. He hadn't been able to capitalize on the wide open opportunities. You got uh, Valdez Scantling coming in, Juju Smith Schuster. God, like hyphenated names there. Um, you had Sky Moore. Uh, draft pick who's uh, flashed, also Miko Hardman, but he's on a minimum salary deal, uh, 1.12 million. Josh Gordon, the cap hit is 8.95 because it's a veteran salary benefit contract where the cap hit is for a player of two years of service, so they could um let him go. In Miami, they have too many running backs. That um, new head coach, Mike McDaniel. Sometimes players who were fine in one system, regime change, become expendable. Raheem Mostert came in from the 49ers, which is where McDonald had been previously, McDaniel had been previously. Uh, they signed Chase Edmond and also Sony Michel. So Miles Gaskin, in his 2.54 million dollar base salary, may be out the door. Um, cap hit of 2569742 dollars. So. Two point five four million could be changed. Another first round pick, uh, edge rusher, Farrell probably with the Raiders. L. J. Collier may not be with the Seahawks. Was a starter in 2020, not all that productive. He was a 29th pick in the 2019 draft. Last year was a healthy scratch for a few games. Situational pass rusher. Um, he's got a cap hit of $3,455,512. His fifth-year option was not picked up. Um, $986,324 of his one million nine hundred and seventy thousand six hundred forty-seven dollars base salary is guaranteed. Who knows? The uh, Seahawks may eat that. And one last thing I would uh, keep an eye on. Is 49ers have too many edge rushers? <laughs> that something's got to give there. You got obviously Nick Bosa, Samson, Ecubine, Drake Jackson, Charles Emenyhu. They re-signed Kerry Hyder, Jordan Willis, who basically was responsible for the uh, 49ers advancing out of Green Bay with the pump block, um, Kamiko Touré. They got too many defensive. Edge rushers. They got too many edge rushers. So, unless they're going to keep all of them, somebody could be trade bait or whoever gets cut out of those guys, uh, Toure, Willis, Hyder, most likely, will probably get picked up by somebody. But these are some of the things to look out in terms of some of your more prominent players with the uh, roster cut down on Tuesday. 4 p.m. Eastern time. Every team must be at 53 players. So those are potential trades to be on the lookout. And roster cuts. Uh, some more prominent or named guys. Well, that's going to be it for this week's uh, Inside the Cap. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And you can read my regular CBSSports.com column. Agents take on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.